Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Galatians chapter 5 is where we want to begin today as we continue looking at this subject of being led by peace. And I think so now somewhere we're up near somewhere 11 or 12. And, uh, but, uh, you know, what is happening here is the character of Christ is being cultivated in us. If, if a church is going to accomplish all God has for them, the character of Christ has to be cultivated in the people. That's not a legalism. Remember that Paul, who wrote Galatians 5 under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was the first grace preacher. It got quiet in here. Right? He, he was the one that said, you're not under law, but you're under grace. He, uh, then he wrote in Titus and said, the reason for grace is so that we might learn how to live with character. That grace allows you to deny ungodliness, right, and live right. So grace is not freedom to sin. Grace is freedom over sin. Amen. Not freedom to sin, freedom over sin. And so when God begins to cultivate the character, remember that character is a strength. It's not just an action. You can be a person that doesn't lie and still have no character. Amen. You can be a person that has never committed adultery in your life, but still have no character. Because character is strength. Character is the ability to stand when things don't look favorable. And these fruit, these nine fruit of the Spirit, cultivate that character. Because each one of these are tied to and find their foundation in some aspect of God's character. Amen. And um, we, we went through that. You can, you can go on the YouTube channel or uh, uh, Roku or, or any of our podcasts. Uh, you can request it in the Media Center via CD. Or we do want to welcome everybody watching online. You know, we, we have seen that we have people watching online from Brazil. We have people watching online from Russia. We have people watching online from Israel. We have people watching online from around the world. And if you could see the red dots in America, you would be astounded at the number of people that watch us via live stream. It's an, it's an amazing thing. Amen. And uh, so we welcome you. But um, I'll say that, Lord. Here's part of character. Uh, you know, if God tells you to do something, you don't have to explain it. You just have to do it. If it was God, you don't have to explain it. You just have to do it. But if it's not God, and you just want to do it, don't bring God in on it. That's a lack of character. Amen. 
I don't know why I'm, I'm, I was telling my wife this this morning. I don't know why I'm saying this. I believe it's because the Lord wants me to say, I, I, I have seen so many preachers that just want to do something and they got to bring God in on it. Six dreams, 14 revelatory voices, all kind of numbers. I, I wanted to do this, and you know, the number four corresponds with it. And I saw four green cars. And now I'm exaggerating, but you, you understand what I'm saying? If you want to do it, now hear me when I say this. Obviously, I believe you, nobody's doing anything sinful. But if you want to do it, just do it. You don't got to bring God in on it. Well, what if it's wrong? Well, that's between you and God. But don't make yourself a liar. By bringing God in on it. Because there's a litmus test. If God told you to do it, it'll succeed. I'm, I'm helping you today. Just do it. If you want to do it and it's not wrong, just do it. You don't got to bring God in on it. But if God's in on it and he told you to do it, don't explain it. This is just what God said. I'm helping you. The presence of peace in the life and the home of a believer is one of the highest evidences of the presence of God in that life. We've been saying that this whole series. The Lord said to me about 2024, he said, peace will be the order of the day in 2024. He said, there will be waves on either side of the believers in 2024, but the believer will be protected in a bubble of peace. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, don't, in this year coming up, don't get your eyes on politics. Don't get your eyes on a candidate. Do you know right now in politics on both sides, there's nothing but questions? Right? What's one side saying? Who's going to run? What's the other side saying? Can our guy run? I mean, what's worse? Who's going to or can they? Now, how secure does that make you feel? Right? You better keep your eyes on the candidate. And he's not even a candidate. He was made king over 2,000 years ago, and he's still king. Amen. Vote Jesus. But here's the point. If, if, if you get on that ocean of what's going to happen, you're going to be tossed just like the world. Is that right? Hear me. I should not be feeling the same things the world's feeling. I shouldn't be having the same anxiety, the same concerns. I'm, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. Oh, did you know my daddy is big? My God is real. Amen. My God is greater than any circumstance. Is that right? Is that right? Is that right? Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the world, what's going on in the finances of the world. My finances are not based in the world or its system. My finances are based in the kingdom and the kingdom of God's system. And it doesn't matter how bad it is in the world. I can sow a seed in a time of famine and reap a hundredfold return. Amen. 
Don't get into it. Because you want peace. Out loud, I want peace. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is evident to non-believers in your life when you're calm when everything's going wrong. Don't be a Christian in name only. You've heard of a rhino? That's a sino. Christian in name only. In case you don't know what a rhino is, that's a Republican in name only. There's some dinos too, Democrats in name only. I don't care what you are, be a Christian. Amen. But here's the point. I want, to, I want this peace to rule. In Galatians 5 verse 22 it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So these are the fruit of the reborn human spirit. Uh, I've heard people mistakenly say uh, over the years, these are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. They're not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. They're the fruit of the reborn human spirit. But nonetheless, they're the product of the new life that was implanted within us at salvation. And these fruit are the nature and the character of God within the believer. They're the nature and the character of God within the believer. And notice the word fruit is singular, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, this is important because that lets us know that all of these elements of character that we see here are unity. In other words, they make for a complete Christian life. All right? And, and I've said in earlier messages that you've got to develop each one of them individually so the collective whole is strong. Hallelujah. Many today want what they call peace. And in reality, what they call peace is simply the absence of challenge or turmoil. That's not peace. Because peace, remember we've said this, that peace is not the absence of turmoil. It's the presence of God in the turmoil. That's true peace. The only way peace can be a force and a weapon is that it changes things, not when it encounters them, but when the, the, the challenge encounters the peace. See, you're what never changes. The circumstance may change. We shouldn't. If I'm at peace now, I should be at peace tomorrow. If I'm at peace when things are calm, I should be at peace when things are not calm. Because that peace is the character of God. And God never changes. You've had people say before, you know, God does not get upset when there's a problem. Why? He's at peace. Hallelujah. Peace here is defined as tranquility of mind based on the consciousness of a right relation to God. Peace of mind based on the consciousness of a right relation to God. And we talked about that a couple of Wednesdays ago, how the Bible says the effect of righteousness is peace. Hallelujah. So then this peace is based on the knowledge that you're right with God. Try that out. Tell your neighbor, say, I know, I know. 
that I'm right with God. So I'm at peace. Think about that. Think about that. When you know you're right with God, what can take your peace? Remember the story I told you? I've told this story a number of times, and maybe some are here that haven't heard the story. I was, I was out in the backyard one day, and, and I was walking. We had two little dogs at that time. We got one little dog now, and we had two at the time. And boy, it was one of those crisp, cool fall days. I mean, you needed a jacket. It was, it was just cold, but it was blue skies, perfect sun. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. And I'm watching the dogs, and I'm just in a thankful mind. And I hear this honking, honk, 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 geese flying over the backyard. And I looked up, and I was just thanking the Lord. And that goose went, right between my eyes. You say, what'd you do? Well, I, I cleaned my face off and I said, well, Lord, thank you. I'm not going to hell. Praise God. There's a moral in that story. A goose may mess on your head, but you're right with God. You, it, everything is okay. Right? See, does that make sense? When you know you're right with God... Peace cannot be robbed from you because the worst possible thing that could happen to me is I go to be with him. Right? And boy, the other side of that's glory. Think about that. Whatever you're dealing with this morning, the end result is you get free from it. I said the end result is you win. Now, how can you lose your peace when I know the end result is I win? Oh, glory to God. See, I don't lose because God has no, vic no defeats planned for his people. That's why he said, in Christ Jesus, we always triumph. We always triumph. That brings peace. But it looks like I'm losing, but you always triumph. You always triumph. You got to think back when it looked like you were losing before, but you won because in Christ, you always triumph. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I'm really going through something. That's why you have the fruit of long suffering. That's why you have the fruit of patience because patience is not the absence of going through something. Patience is the ability and the strength to get through it knowing that God is going to make a way. Patience is you being at peace no matter what comes your way. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what if this happens? Peace doesn't look at what if. You get wrapped up in what ifs, and you're going to lose your peace. I say, you're going to lose your peace. God has no ulterior motive in anything he's told you to do. If he told you to keep your peace, it's because you need to keep your peace. Nobody in here is of more benefit to God or less benefit to God. The fact of the matter is I have more benefits of God or less benefits of God depending upon what I do about what God said. If God said be at peace, then you be at peace. Because that's going to bring the victory. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. 
Oh, boy, that was worth combing your hair and coming to church for. Amen. When this is the foundation of our peace, nothing's strong enough to move us and disturb our peace. Nothing. 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 But why? That's the peace of God. That's the peace of God. We talked about that in these messages leading up to this. We have the love of God. We have the joy of God. We have the peace of God. That's just the first three. How can I lose? John 16, 33. Notice what Jesus said. Am I helping you today? Glory to God. John 16 and 33. Notice what Jesus said. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me, now notice, don't just look over what he's saying. He had spoken some things to the disciples. Mainly what he had spoken was three different times he said in John 16, whatever you ask the Father in my name. He'll do it for you. Is that right? And then he said, the Father loves you because you love me and believed I came forth out of God. Amen. And then he said in verse 33, these things have I spoken unto you. Now notice, what would speaking, follow me here. He said, these things I have spoken unto you, to me and you, that would be I've given you the word. And I gave you the word so that you might have peace. In me, you might have peace. God and his word are one. Right? When you're in the presence of the word, you're in the presence of God. When you're in the presence of the word, you're in the presence of Jesus. So he said, in me, you might have peace. In the world. Now, where, where are we physically? In the world. But we're not of the world. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But, do you see how he keeps answering this? But you be of good cheer. You mean be of good cheer about tribulation? No, that's not what he's saying. See, even good word of faith Pentecostal people read this from their religious roots. And they think the focus of this verse is tribulation. And the focus of this verse is peace from the word. Tribulation is just mentioned because he needs you to know, as Brother Hagin would say, you're not going to float through life on flowery beds of ease. Right? You're going to face some challenges. But where are you? In Christ. What do you have? His word. So what does that mean? I am of good cheer because I am in Christ and I'm in his word. And I have overcome the world. The Amplified Bible says, I have deprived the world of its power to harm you. Glory to God. God. Do you see that? See, the devil wants your focus on the trial. Because that's where his power comes from. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. you got to learn to discern the difference between temptation, testing, and trying, and killing, stealing, and destroying. 
The Bible is replete with examples of God allowing tests and allowing tough times to come. And people say God stops every tough time. No, he doesn't. No, he does not. But he said, I make a way of escape out of every one of them. What's one of the ways of escape? Peace, patience, long-suffering. Amen. You might be going through something right now, but you're going through it. You're going through it. Don't pitch a tent and camp there. Come on out of it. Keep going through it. And how are you going to get through it? Because the same God that said, I'll protect you and I'll keep you, He said there's going to be a time that you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There's going to be a time that you walk through seasons. He said you're going to go through the flood and you're going to go through the fire, but the waters won't overcome you and the flames won't overtake you because I, the Lord your God, will hold your hand and I'll bring you out. Glory to God. Glory to God. I wish I could stand up here and tell you a fairy tale about not facing any trouble and not facing any trials. But I'd be a liar. I'm telling you what. If the Word only works when there's no trouble or trial, then we all ought to just close the Bible and go to the bar tomorrow and just live like the world lives because that's how the world lives. When there's no trouble, they're on the overcoming side. When there's trouble, they're down in the dumps. The Word of God makes me an overcomer. I have the DNA of a champion on the inside of me I can't be defeated I can't be overrun you might see me going through a trial but you'll never see me on the downside you'll never see me defeated because the greater one lives on the inside of me glory to God glory to God hallelujah do you see that I say do you see that and, and the enemy wants you focused on the trial, what might happen. Jesus said, look, here's the deal. I've given you my word so you can have peace. In the world, just a matter of fact, you're going to have trouble. Uh, but in your trouble, be of good cheer because I've deprived the world of its ability to harm you. Hallelujah. So people will say, well, the win-loss column. Well, for us, it's just the win column. No, no need to even worry about the loss column. Well, you better, you better hear me. Why? Because we, listen, the game doesn't end until we win. It doesn't end until we win. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that if you're willing to stand with the full armor of God on, that the end result is you always win. Your shield of faith will keep quenching every fiery dart of the wicked. Your helmet of salvation will keep taking every thought of the devil. Your breastplate of righteousness will keep you in right standing with God. Your shoes of peace will keep you in a position to actively fight the devil your sword of the spirit will still cut the devil long lean and often you'll never lose that's God's armor that's God's righteousness that's God's faith that's God's peace matter of fact you were saved with God's salvation everything about you is God like 
Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Am I helping you? Ha. That word tribulation, it means pressure. But you know about pressure, it's no problem. Amen. It means trouble or persecution. Now hear me when I say that. That's all it means. Notice it doesn't mean death. Sickness. It, it, it just it means pressure. The sad reality of it is, is all the devil's got to do to some, some Christians is put a little pressure on them. And they fall apart like a $2 watch. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm helping somebody. You're made of better stuff than that. You're made of winning stock. Glory to God. Do, do you hear me? You got some bat, bat, bat in you. Right? You got bat, bat, bat. Right? When the devil starts running his mouth, you don't sit there and listen. Pap, 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 pap. Glory to God. Amen. You say, well, why is that important? It'll make him think twice before he opens his mouth and starts talking to you again. Every time he opens his mouth, just take the sword of the Spirit and jam it down his throat. Why? Because you're the winner. He's the liar. You're the one that's full of the truth of God. He's the one that's been defeated. You're the one that's been given all victory and all authority and all power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. Nothing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, but it seems like nothing's going right. Everything for you started going right near about 2,000 years ago when Jesus laid his life down and said it is finished and rose from the grave and was seated at the right hand of the Father. Ah, far above all principality and all power and all might and all dominion. And when you got born again, God seated you together with Jesus. I'm telling you, everything. Everything is going your way. Hallelujah. Got to be at peace. Glory to God. It's all it means. All it means. You shake off that trouble. You shake off that pressure. And just keep doing what God told you to do. Amen. Just keep walking like what you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You walk like a champion. You walk like an overcomer. I, I don't care. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what pressure may be on you. I don't care what your family may be acting like. I don't care what your finances may be trying to act like. You are a winner. You are blessed. You are an overcomer. You have more than enough. Let that pressure get you. I said, don't you let that pressure get you. Don't you let that pressure get you. I've talked to people before. Now, these are people that, that knew me, and I knew them, and I knew where they were. And they'd be kind of poor-mouthing it or down-mouthing it. And I'd go up to them. I'd say, get up. You get up from there in the name of Jesus. 
You're made of better stuff than that. Don't you give up. Don't you whine. Don't you cry. You got this. God is on your side. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, you got to understand that. When Paul said that in the Greek, it was like he was holding up a list. And he had a whole list of things that could be against the people of God. And he made a statement. He said, let me ask you something. If your God is for you, then you name him. Who can be against you? My God. Margaret, the man's walking on the chairs. They're my chairs. Glory to God. You mark them down. You mark down that thing that's trying to stop you. You mark it down. You write it down. And then you hold it up to the devil. And you say, God is for me. None of these things can be against me. Ah, Kobe, I feel like running. I feel like running. I feel like running. Glory. Glory! Yes! My Lord. My Lord. And that brings peace. That brings peace. Nobody can successfully be my enemy. Nothing the devil brings my way can succeed against me. Why the Bible says in Isaiah 54, and you know the verse, verse 17. Now, here's how it really reads. He says, there will be weapons that are formed against you. There will be weapons that are brought forth for your destruction. But you need to be at peace because even if they're formed and created, no weapon that is formed or created against you will prosper. None of them. Glory. Hallelujah. And you might, even, you might even see the enemy over there working on a weapon, working on it. And you can see him working on it, but you're at peace. You're wasting your time. Because no weapon that's formed against me is going to prosper. I'm at peace. Now, if you won't get worried about it, it won't work. It won't work. It won't work. Amen. Why? Because the world has been deprived of its ability to harm me. Glory to God. Do you, do you see that? I say, do you see that? You're not, you're not, you're not going to come here and hear some watered down version of some self-help sermon. You're going to come here and I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be times that you come into a face-to-face confrontation with the devil. And you're nose-to-nose with your enemy. But you got a backbone like a tie rod. And you got fire in your eyes. And you got strength in your spirit. I'm not backing up. If anybody backs up, you're backing up. You are defeated in the name of Jesus. Glory! Glory! I'll tell you, everything is going to be all right because you choose to stand. Everything is going to work out because you choose to stand in the middle of it and say everything is going to work out. I can't help but just be me. Hallelujah. 
Oh, glory. That's all it is. Just a little trouble. We know, Pastor, I got some trouble going on. Oh, is that all? Man, I'm not making light of anybody's problems. But you mean that's it? That's it? I remember one time we had some very dear friends in ministry. There's a lady that's also a friend of ours. She was on staff. She was the executive assistant. And she walked into the pastor one time. Pastor was a lady. She was a good friend of ours. And she, uh, 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 this, this young lady walked in and, and she said, Pastor, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. So this one's talking about me and that one's talking about me. And pastor just looked at her and said, well, my Lord, Jesus was perfect and they crucified him. What do you expect? Can I tell you that Jesus said the world was going to hate you because it hated him? Is that Bible? I mean, is that just as much Bible as faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen? If you don't understand that there's an enemy that's he is defeated, but there's an enemy that's going to try to put pressure on you, then you will never understand that faith is truly the substance of the things that you're believing God for because it requires faith to stand against the powers of the enemy. And I'm telling you, every challenge that comes your way is just one more opportunity for the Word of God to work and the power of God to work in your life. Don't you sidestep the trial. Don't you sidestep the trouble. You face it face to face and overcome it in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Am I helping anybody? But I don't like trouble. It's, it's just trouble. Just trouble. Yeah, but you know how I feel. It's just a feeling. It's not real. It's just a feeling. I feel like the world's falling apart. It's not. It's not. Why? God's got it. If you do what God said, God's got it. Your world will not fall apart. Your marriage will not fall apart. Your family will not fall apart. Your life will not fall apart. You are already on the winning side. We don't fall apart. We overcome. We don't fall apart. We triumph. We don't fall apart. We have victory. Well, I don't like talking about troubles because you're scared of it. Because you're scared of trouble. Scared of pressure. Hallelujah. What? Amen. Be scared of it. Don't be scared of it. Yeah, but they said. Yeah, and what, what, what does it matter what they said? Jesus said, he talked to his disciples, and he said, who do men say the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say this, and some say that, and some say that. And Jesus said, well, what do you say? See, it's what do you say? What do you say? I say I overcome. I say I overcome. Amen. I mean, I, I think I'm going to get through that problem, and I'm not even going to get my white shirt dirty. That's what I think. Boy. You know, you encounter that religion. Because here's how people in religion think you get through trouble. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh. 
trouble by setting your face like a flint and saying I will not be moved amen you come in my house and act out I'm not leaving you're leaving and I'll go to whatever links I gotta go to to help you along We are the household of faith. We are the household of God. Ain't no devil going to come into the household of God and tell God's people what they're supposed to be doing. God's people are running the devil off. God's people are pitching him out. It's, listen, listen. Our enemy is only an enemy in name, meaning that God says he's going to try to do certain things, but he said, don't worry about it. I have defeated every principality, every power, every Every dominion and not only did I defeat them I put a hook in their nose and led them triumphantly in a procession and showed all the saints that went before and all the saints that would come after that they are defeated I'm preaching better than you're letting on Have you ever thought about that? Who did Jesus lead those defeated principalities and powers and dominions? Who did he lead them in front of? Of course, physically, presently, he led them in front of the the heroes of the Hall of Fame of Faith. He led them in front of all the Old Testament saints. But it is written in the Word so that we could see it as well. They saw it in heaven. We see it on the earth. And he said he wanted his will done in earth as it is in heaven. We are in the earth at an outpost. We are in the earth at a fort. We are here not defending ourselves from the enemy. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yes, Adam, by trees, by, by an act of treason, gave power and authority to the enemy. But the Bible says that there came a man from glory called Jesus Christ, and he became the last Adam. And he took back everything that Adam lost by transgression. And he said, I have not only given you salvation and victory I have given you the very keys to the kingdom of heaven and I'm telling you that you have authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you not here defending myself he said you occupy until I get back. Do you see that? Yeah, but I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm just up and down. 
You might be up and down because the boat you're in is up and down. But in an up and down boat, you just keep your peace. He said, when the flood shows up, I'll walk with you through the flood. He said, they will not collapse on you. I feel like I'm in the fire, Pastor. He said, the flames would not kindle round about you, but he would bring you out because he's with you. He's holding your hand. He's in you. He's all around you. He is the source of your strength, the source of your life. He is the victorious God that never sleeps or slumbers. He's faithful. He's a covenant God that keeps His covenant even to a thousand generations. What in the world do you have to worry about? Are y'all with me? You didn't know all that was in John 16, did you? Think about that. That's who you got with you. And when you believe in his word, when you take his word just at face value, he said some. Look at Isaiah 48 and 18. Am I helping anybody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I got nothing better to do with my life than what he told me. Just to preach and teach to you, cover Arkansas, and change the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had a staff member ask me one day, said, what are we doing today, Pastor? I said, same thing we do every day, changing the world. Amen. You think that big? I think that big. God thinks that big. You got to think that big. Where, listen, where, where you're, you're not isolated where you're at. Don't get to thinking that you're the only one the devil's picking on. The devil hates everybody, not just believers. He hates sinners. He kills sinners every day, destroys their life every day. He don't like you because you're created in the image and the likeness of God. And every time he sees you, he's reminded of his defeat. And he knows if he can defeat you, that's his attempt. To bring a stain on God's character. I am, I for one, am not going to allow God's character to be infringed upon. How about you? Hallelujah. Isaiah 48, 18. Notice what he said. He said, notice, if you had hearkened to my commandments, then had your peace been as a river. And your righteousness as the waves of the sea. Glory to God. Do you see that? One translation said, if you'd listened to my instruction, you'd have been flooded with peace. Hallelujah. So what happens when you do what God said in his word? Peace. Flooded with peace. Flooded with peace. Look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Verse 165. Oh, glory. Mm. He's throwing us a party. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they that love your law, and nothing shall offend them. Hallelujah. Nothing. I like this. Nothing causes them to stumble. Great peace. Say it out loud. Lord, I love your word. Lord, I love your word. 
Say it again. Lord, I love your word. I don't stumble because I love your word. Amen. Okay, Lord. You know, you hear people and they'll say, well, you know, I hope this or thing or another doesn't happen to me again. You know why they're saying that? They're expecting it to happen. Faith is not hope, and hope is not faith. What's the picture of a person who says, I hope this doesn't happen again? It's a picture of them seeing it happen again. What happens when you love the law? Great peace. And what's the result of great peace? Nothing makes them stumble. Amen. You got to tell the enemy and the attempt of the enemy, you got to say no. I mean that. That sounds simple. Not, not hit it in tongues when the enemy starts talking. You got to say something. No, you don't. Try that out. Real loud, say, no, you don't. Say it again. Say it again. Now try this. Take your finger, your pointer finger. Now, I know it's rude to point, but we're pointing at the devil. We don't care. Say it. No, you don't. Say it again. That's right. Now, don't point up there. No, you don't. Jerry Savelle said one time he was sitting in Charles Capp's house and he said they were talking and he said Brother Charles would cross his foot, his leg, and he said I noticed something on the bottom of his shoe. And he said I finally said, Charles, what's that on the bottom of your shoe, bottom of your foot? He said, oh, the Bible says the devil's under my feet, so if I need to tell him something, I just write it on the bottom of my shoe. That's a good way to do it. See, I think descriptively. And when I think of the enemy talking, I see myself putting my finger under his nose and saying, no, you don't. Not here. Nothing's going to make me stumble. I'm going to announce something. You can agree with it or disagree with it or whatever you want to do. You don't have to have another sick day in 2023. You don't have to have a sick day in 2024. You don't have to worry about anything that the world has going on because it says great peace. Have they that love your law and nothing will make them stumble. Look at Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 1, my son, forget not my law, let your heart keep my commandments, length of days, long life, and peace shall they add to you. So now now think about this. So you can have length of days and long life and no peace. That's a horrible life. But we can have all three, length of days, long life, and peace. We could say it this way. Peaceful days, peaceful length of life, just peace. I like peace. You like peace? I like peace. I like peace. 
Am I helping anybody? When Jesus said, you will have peace, peace is the answer to pressure, trouble, and persecution. That word peace in John 16 is the same word for peace in Galatians chapter 5 that talks about the fruit of the spirit of peace. It's not the absence of trouble. It's calmness. It's steadfastness. It's unmovableness. Amen. Peace does not prevent tribulation. Peace robs tribulation of its ability to overcome us. Peace is a warrior. That's, that's, and, and I won't take the time to go there, but you've read the verse before in Philippians chapter 4. If you were with us on Wednesday night on our candlelight service, it was candlelight because the electric was out. But man, we were here. I don't know how many folk we had. Quite a few. Amen. We all sweat together. But we got it done. Philippians chapter 4, he talks about do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep. Keep is a military term. It denotes a regiment of warriors that's guarding you. Peace is a warrior. Peace is a force. Peace does not just give you ability to get through something. Peace evicts the problem. Amen. There, there was a person one time, one of my children, I told him, I said, I don't want this person at the house. I said, they, they are not a good influence on you. I don't want them here. I don't ever, don't invite them over anymore. I was sitting in my office and the Lord spoke to me and he said, uh, you're, that, that person's coming over to your house. I said, okay. I got in the car and drove the 10 miles from DeSoto to Lenexa, Kansas. Sure enough, I pulled up in front of our home, and the car was there. I walked in. I remember, I got the keys. I walked in, walked in the door, and there they sat visiting. You said, what, what did you do? I went over, and you don't got to get up, grabbed them by the arm, jerked them up. Said, you're leaving right now. He kind of looked at me. I said, you don't want to do that. You say, what did you do? I put my finger under his nose. I said, you come back here again, and you're going to be sorry. I said, what would you have done? Whooped him. I would have whooped him. It had been just that simple. Notice, he's in my house. He's in my house. I didn't go say, you know, could you leave? You're leaving. You're going. Peace evicts the problem. You say, what happened when he left? Great peace. Great peace. Amen. Listen, I'm not one of those people who just runs around spouting macho things. Just, I, I would rather be at peace with people. I'm a very soft-spoken person. Yes, my wife. I, I will avoid conflict if I can. That's, that's not what we're talking about. I'm not talking about going out and picking a fight. But when somebody comes and picks a fight, I can't stop you from coming to my house, but I can arrange for you to limp going home. 
I can't stop the trouble from showing up, but I can stay in peace and evict it. Am I helping you? Whoa. When I turn to the greater force of peace, it keeps my mind. What I will not give my thoughts to cannot affect me. Amen. People will say, well, you know, the more I thought about it, the angrier I became. The more I thought about it, the worse it got. Peace keeps you from thinking about it. Peace enables forgetting. Hallelujah. Now, these fruit operate as I allow them. I choose love. I choose joy. I choose peace. If I choose the opposite, I limit the operation of God's character in my life. If I choose to be in a lack of peace, I limit the operation of peace. Amen. The more I turn to the fruit, the more like God I'll respond. Because these, these fruit influence my whole conduct. Hallelujah. See, as you yield to the Spirit, the fruit thrive and grow. The fruit thrive and grow. I've told you years ago, the Lord told me, he said, there's three things I never want you to say again. I don't know, I don't understand, and I can't. He said, never say those again. I don't know, I don't understand, and I can't. Because that's an affront to Scripture. Hallelujah. Now, now what, what's the first thing? I, I don't know. But you have an unction from the Holy One, beloved, and you know all things. That's what First John said. Well, I don't understand. The Bible talks in the book of Isaiah about the sevenfold working of the, of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament, talking about coming in the New Testament. And, and he said one of the things that the Holy Spirit was, was the spirit of wisdom and understanding. How can I say I don't understand when I have the spirit of understanding on the inside of me? Never say I can't because what does Philippians 4.13 say? I can. I can do all things. So when someone says, I don't know, they've just limited the ability of the unction of the Holy Ghost to function in their life because he will not function past your reasoning. If you try to reason it out, the Holy Spirit will let you go through that file cabinet 25 times. And he's got the answer the whole time. Say that right now. Say, Holy Spirit, I yield to the answer. I receive the answer right now in Jesus' name. So I don't want you going through that file cabinet no more. Well, I know it's in here. No, it's not. You've been through there 25 times. It's not there. Some of y'all dumped the files out on the floor and sat down and went through them again. It's not there. What is that? Yielding to the Holy Spirit. And as you yield to the Holy Spirit, the fruit thrive and grow. Amen. Strong, a strong spirit will equal healthy fruit. If I have a strong spirit, I'm going to have healthy fruit. Weak spirit, puny fruit. 
None worse than puny fruit. Hmm. The spiritual body is like the natural body. Everything is interconnected. Everything in your body is interconnected. There are people that say, my legs hurt, and they go to the doctor, and he says, the problem's in your neck. Well, how are my legs hurting, and the problem's in my neck? Because everything's interconnected. People go to the doctor and say, my back's hurting, and he says, the problem's in your feet. Well, but it's my back that's hurting, but this foundation's unstable. It's interconnected. Am I, am I helping you? When you stay spiritually strong, it strengthens every part of you. Glory to God. The more I turn to the fruit, the more like God I'll respond. Now, let's look one last time at Galatians 5. I was going to talk a little bit about long-suffering, but y'all got me preaching. But you know what I know is I'll be back. <laughs> Tonight. Listen, I decided years ago, I got nothing better to do with my life than preach the gospel. And every time I get behind the pulpit, I'm going to give it everything I've got. If, amen. If there's such a thing as both barrels, I'm going to give them both every chance I get. Amen. Why? Because there's people, I don't know if I'll see you again. There are people, there are people here today, you're dealing with things, and I don't know if I'll see you again. Whether you decide not to come back or you find somewhere else to go, but you got to get the answer. We, we don't have time to just preach powder puff sermons where people come and, and, and it's just a nice service and, and, you know, it's just a community. We're not a community. We are the body of Christ. We are the army of God. We are a change agent in the earth. Amen. You didn't come to church today to hear something that's going to make you feel good. You came to church today to hear something that's going to make you grow and cause you to be more of what God wants you to do. You may feel good about it or you may feel bad about it, but the result of the fruit will be the same thing. I don't care if you like broccoli or hate broccoli. If you eat broccoli, you'll get the results. Glory. Amen. Amen. My pastor used to tell the church all the time, he, he would say, I'm not being hard on you. He said, I'm helping you grow. Not being hard. No pastor is hard on their people. But you got to grow. We got to grow. The answer to where you're at is grow. The answer to victory to where you're at is grow. Not sitting wondering why things happen. Why do you consistently mess up? Why do you consist? Grow, baby. Just grow. If you've raised kids in here, you did not look at those kids when you were potty training them and go and, and just keep asking the question, when are they going to get it? When are they going to get it? When are they going to get it? They're going to get it. The days of diapers will go away. You, they, they, will, they will do that by themselves. They will feed themselves. They will walk on their own. They will be able to take care of themselves. Your job is to keep giving them what they need to grow. You're growing. You're growing. 
The devil is scared out of his mind of mature Christians. Mature Christians that are growing in the things of God. Mature Christians that can put the past behind them and press forward to the future that's ahead of them. They can put past the pain, put the heartache behind them, put the losses behind them, and say, I learned my lesson. You got me there, but you're not going to get me again because I've grown in the name of Jesus. Glory. Amen. Last time the devil saw you, you looked like an elementary school kid. And now he sees you and he goes, dear God, he can go bear hunting with a switch. Amen. Devil sees you and you big as Randy in the spirit. Amen. If I got a problem, I want Randy on my side. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, he's quiet spoken. You got to watch them quiet ones. Amen. Why? They don't say much. They just act. Are you in Galatians 5? What's that? Yeah. Bat, 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 bat. Yeah, quick. I heard Billy say something, and that's all I heard. Bat, 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 bat. Robert had him whooped. Whooped, I'm telling you. Mm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's what God says. The devil starts running his mouth and you just hear, pat, 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 pat. It'll get after a while. You'll just start like that and he'll be ducking. Galatians 5.22. Fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, now notice this very quickly. Paul outlines the works of the flesh. Beginning in verse 17, he goes through all of these. Verse 22 starts with this word, but. The answer to all the works of the flesh is found in the fruit of the Spirit. Folks, it's not found in trying harder. You, and I'm not going to go through them. You don't defeat any of the works of the flesh by gritting your teeth. Because your flesh is so smart that when you start putting pressure on it to change, it'll back up. Because your flesh doesn't like pressure. But what happens when you quit paying attention to the flesh? It shows up. What did Paul write in Romans chapter 7 before he was born again? The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. And what did he say was the answer to that? He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Is that right? Now, that sounds elementary, but that's your answer. But notice, I have a part. A key is found in the word but. B-U-T. The works of the flesh are, but the fruit of the Spirit is. But is what is called an adversative. Adversative. That means opposition or antithesis. All right? And you know what a thesis is? It's a statement. You're in Bible college or college, you had to write a thesis at the end of your, of your teaching. You had to write a thesis. Pastor Ron, you know what a thesis is. If you have an anti 
thesis against what's written. But tells you that the fruit of the Spirit is adamantly against what was written before. That's the answer. Not just trying harder. Let the fruit of the Spirit grow. Amen. The opposition to the works of the flesh is the fruit of the Spirit. And as you let the fruit of the Spirit grow, the flesh loses its hold. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.